0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk talks up the SpaceX package on the 2020 Tesla Roadster, Tesla breaks ground on Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai, the 75 kilowatt hour Model S and Model X are going away and more. What's happening friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the unofficial Tesla podcast episode number 180 for January 13th, 2019. I hope your new year is off to a solid start so far. Uh, I had my tires rotated today for the first time on uh, on my Model 3. and In fact, it's the first time I've had tires rotated on any car ever, <laughs> maybe, that I've owned. Because uh, I had... I had my grandfather's Nissan Pathfinder, like 1987, I think that model was. And I had it in 98, something like that. And I just didn't have it long enough, I don't think, to have the tires rotated. Then I got the DeLorean, which has staggered tires. And then I had my Infinity for 12 and a half years. That had staggered tires. And now here we are. <laughs> so first first time for, uh, for everything, I guess. And what was cool about that was that... Uh, I had an appointment made for for next week, actually, at the service center. I'd made the appointment a while ago right on the phone, the first time I made an appointment on my phone. And I got a call from Tesla a couple of days ago that said, hey, uh, we can actually have the mobile service come out and do this at your home or office this week if you'd like. So I said, sure, because it, it, it was no cost, uh, no additional cost. So sure, why not? They're trying to offload some of the work from the service centers and they've got the mobile crew around able to do that stuff. So I took him up on it and I want to say thank you to Jason for coming out to uh, my office today at IGN, just uh, around the back uh, by the parking garage entrance. <laughs> Unfortunately, his, his Tesla van was just a, just a bit too tall to get into our absurdly low clearance overhead to get into the garage. So he had to park outside, and of course, it had it was drizzling, raining at that point. So I just brought the car out, parked it on the street, went back upstairs. Twenty minutes, he was done. Just wonderful service, and it was you know it was easy. They just took the credit card, and and that was the end of it. So good stuff from Tesla service there. I like that. Uh, elsewhere this week, let's get to some news proper. So the first item up for bids this week is a big change to the Model S and Model X product line the 75-kilowatt-hour uh, battery pack, the standard battery pack on S and X, are going away. Uh, in fact, they're going away right now, as of when you are probably listening to this podcast. Elon Musk taking to Twitter to say, quote, starting on Monday, meaning today or tomorrow, or maybe yesterday, depending on when you're hearing this, Tesla will no longer be taking orders for the 75-kilowatt-hour version of the Model S and X. So this naturally prompted a lot of speculation, a lot of questions. Uh, Elon taking a couple of those questions on Twitter. One person wondering, are Model S and X being phased out over the next year or two? Is this a meaning, you know, is this a first step in that? Elon saying, "Quote, definitely not." Another Twitter user saying, "Are you moving away from battery sizing in a similar sense to how Model 3s are sold, i.e., long range, performance, etc." and Elon replying to that saying, "Yes." So uh, 100D, 75D, those are going to go away. Of course, all Ss and Xs are all-wheel drive, so the D is is moot. It's redundant. So uh, yeah, look for the the 100D to presumably become either the standard or the long range, and then you'll have the performance rather than the P100D. So uh, that that will be a change coming soon to uh, move it in line with with how the the model 3 works and it does make sense when you think about it it allows tesla to tweak battery capacity when they want to without it being a big deal you know if they if they suddenly decide well we can do a 110 kilowatt hour pack for the same cost to us and we can they can basically they can determine what a long range definition what a long range battery pack means versus a number kind of giving a more uh, rigid definition of that term. So the one other thing <laughs> that made this made me think of is well, perhaps my Model S and Model X predictions from the New Year's show might in fact come true this year. You know if if the model S and X get larger packs that, that take them up to 400 miles of range, that that meaning uh, if the 75 going away means the 100, will become the standard pack and maybe we'll get a 120 or a 130 that become the long range pack so we'll see about that again this this could simply be nothing more than than widening the cost and value gap between the model 3 and the model s uh that that could easily be the case so we'll keep an eye on it and see what tesla decides to do in the the coming months with s and with x Next up this week, uh, my prediction from last week that the Gigafactory 3 groundbreaking in Shanghai would probably occur soon turned out to be really soon. It in fact happened this week, early this week, back on Tuesday, with Elon Musk on hand to participate. Elon saying, quote, aiming to finish initial construction this summer, start Model 3 production at the end of the year, and reach high volume production next year. Shanghai Gigafactory production of Model 3 and Y will serve the Greater China region. Shanghai Giga will produce affordable versions of 3 and Y for Greater China. All Model S and X and higher cost versions of 3 and Y will still be built in the United States for the worldwide market, including China. And in fact, before I get too deep into this, I've got some more for you. Here is a clip of Elon speaking very briefly at the groundbreaking ceremony in Shanghai. Uh,
1: This will be the most advanced uh, Tesla Gigafactory in the world and arguably one of the most advanced factories in the world of any kind, perhaps the most advanced. Uh, uh, We uh, are just incredibly excited to be here and would like to just very much thank the mayor and his team for allowing us to uh, make this rapid progress. Thank you very much Um, and uh, to, to, as a China team, thank you
2: guys.
1: Uh, everyone's been working very hard to get to this day, um, and we're looking forward to very rapid progress uh, from here on out. Uh, it's very impressive uh, what uh, the, the capabilities of, of Shanghai in, in building things. Um, and uh, you know, it's, I, I learned uh, recently that Shanghai, for example, has the biggest uh, subway system in the world. That's great. Um, and uh, we think with the resources here that we can build the. The Shanghai Gigafactory factory in record time. And, uh, and, and we're looking forward to hopefully having some initial production of the Model 3, this vehicle, uh, towards the end of this year and achieving volume production next year. Uh, we are looking for the very best uh, talent in China to join Tesla China. And I do want to emphasize there's no limit on the potential. Uh, one day somebody could join as a junior engineer uh, here at Tesla Shanghai Giga, and ultimately, maybe have my job one day. So we're looking for the very best people to join and help us build a sustainable future for the world. Thank you.
0: And before I get into some more detail and analysis on this, here is an interview with Elon on Chinese media outlet K News.
3: Our plan is that this will be the most advanced uh, Tesla Gigafactory in the world because it will take uh, all of the things that we've learned from our prior Gigafactory production and we will apply it here. Um, We're going to focus on the uh, affordable versions of the Model 3 and Model Y um, which is very important in order to make our cars as accessible as possible to as many people in China as possible. Um, so, because our, our mission is to accelerate the advent of uh, sustainable transport, um, and we, so in order to do that, we must make our cars affordable. The Shanghai factory will be uh, produce cars for Greater China and probably for many uh, parts of Asia as well. Uh, so, going beyond China, we will uh, we'll also export cars from China to other countries uh, in the Asia region. I do definitely want to encourage. Uh, uh, consumers in China to still order the Model 3 today uh, because Tesla is actually absorbing the, the, the trade tariff costs uh, and we actually make less money from cars in China than other parts of the world in order to make our cars more affordable to uh, consumers in China. So the high-end versions of the Model 3, the price will still remain the same next year. So I don't want people to hold off on purchasing waiting for expecting a price drop. It's very important because we need to sell cars today in order to build the factory tomorrow. <laughs> So right now we are selling the uh, more expensive versions of the Model 3. Um, And uh, we will continue to make the expensive versions of the Model 3 uh, in the U.S., and those will be shipped to China, but it's really in order to maximize the affordability, so the affordable versions of the Model 3 and Model Y will be made at Shanghai Giga, but we will continue to make the expensive versions of the Model 3, the high-end, like the sports version and the very long-range version, that kind of thing, we'll continue to make those in the U.S., so the the pricing will remain the same. Uh, um, And it's very important that people do buy our cars that we're making today, otherwise we will not be able to afford uh, to build the factory.
0: <laughs> and now, here are some more concrete details from Tesla. They say the Gigafactory 3 will allow Tesla to localize production of Model 3 and future models sold in China, with plans to eventually produce approximately 3,000 Model 3 vehicles per week in the initial phase and ramp up to 500,000 vehicles per year when fully operational, subject to local factors, including regulatory approval and supply chain constraints. Well, to be crystal clear on this, the standard Battery 3s and Ys that Gigafactory 3 will be building are going to be in addition to the standard Battery 3s and Ys that Fremont will build. I saw a little bit of confusion on that online, so I thought I'd just make it explicitly clear so nobody... uh, nobody has any confusion there. Now as to the production rate, theoretically, they should be able to get to 3000 cars per week a lot faster than they did in Fremont because quite simply they know how to do it now. They've learned so much over the past couple of years and uh you know there's still it's not that easy. I mean they still have an entire new workforce to train. So it will take some time to get to 3,000 cars per week. They're not just going to flip a switch and suddenly be doing 3,000 cars a week, but in my estimation, in my opinion, whereas it you know it took almost a year for Fremont to get to 3,000 cars per week, I suspect Gigafactory 3 may get there in three to four months if I were a betting man, if I were going to put a guess on it. I'm also curious about the uh, the financing for this because you know with Gigafactory 1 Tesla got a great deal from the state of Nevada. I mean if you recall back when Gigafactory was was still a, a existed only on paper it was a dream at that point. There were a number of states in this country competing for that facility. New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, California were, were, uh, really the, the main contenders there. And obviously Nevada won out. So I would presume that they, they got a good deal from Shanghai locally, and perhaps even China on a national stage. Now the premier of China did attend and, and, uh, in fact sort of offered, I won't call it ceremonial, but sort of a, um, it meant a lot when he offered citizenship, a green card to elon musk you know it's it's a for them to do that for a for an american business person that's uh that does speak volumes so there was that and then i also did read a report this week that uh the the a lot of banks in china are they want this deal they want to be involved in it and uh, and be a part of it they think you know they will that it will be a profitable venture so uh, tesla does seem to have plenty of suitors in the in the finance department and that is certainly a good thing for tesla uh you know the timeline by the way that i just read to you a minute ago the timeline might sound very very aggressive and and really it is but remember that the gigafactory one got up and running very quickly as the as the entire rest of the facility continued to build out so It'll be great if if Giga 3 can start turning out Chinese region model 3s by the end of this year that would be phenomenal uh, one other quick note by the way if you're wondering about why the performance model 3s won't be uh, built at, at those local gigafactories meaning Shanghai and, and presumably eventually the European Gigafactory 4 I'm wondering about that too I I did ask Elon that very question on Twitter. I uh, unfortunately didn't get a response this time, but I wonder if demand for it, for the performance car, and even for the all-wheel drive car, because that seemed to be the the insinuation from Elon, is that it's really going to be uh, the standard battery car, and whether or not they decide to offer a mid-range in China, but the the, the lower cost versions of the car are going to be what, what Gigafactory 3 focuses on. You know, I wonder if demand for the performance version is lower in in China uh, than it is in the United States, or or if it's simply a matter of maximizing what will obviously be, at first, very limited resources, i.e. the production lines. You know, they're not just going to spin up uh, a bunch of production lines at once. So we'll see. There's a, There's a lot of interesting stuff left to left to learn about gigafactory 3 and and this is going to be a very interesting build out and and uh process to follow as 2019 unfolds and and before i move on to the next story i want to shout out a quick thank you to vincent from irvine for his reporting and coverage on this the video clip of elon being interviewed from uh, on on uh, chinese the news station there that came from vincent so uh, thank you vincent he's he's got his ear to the ground when it comes to uh tesla in china next up this week going from the practical to the absurd from <laughs> from chinese produced affordable model threes and model y's to the opposite end of the spectrum the 2020 tesla roadster elon talking it up this week meaning uh, it's the first time that we've really heard anything about that car in quite a while. And it started like this. Follow along here, because this is interesting. Someone tweeted Elon saying, A thought on Tesla innovation. I suggest people drive successive years of the Model S starting from 2012, meaning drive a 2012, drive a 2013, then a 2014, 2015, etc., This car has improved so much, it's unbelievable. Tesla's been iterating on it for over six years and isn't stopping now. I can't wait to see the 2022 Model S. That was just a a tweet someone threw out there. They, They did tag Elon on it. Well, someone that wasn't Elon replied to that with simply 2022 and then a picture. It was an animated GIF of a hovering Back to the Future Two Delorean. Elon then here's here's where he comes into it. Elon quote tweeted that the the 2022 with the hovering Delorean <laughs> and said the new Roadster will actually do something like this. Uh, then people started going crazy, as as you might imagine. I was <laughs> I was I wouldn't say I was going crazy, more just just kind of chuckling and and shaking my head wondering you know what's real and what's not anymore with this project but uh he elon did kindly indulge people a bit longer on the topic of that spacex package on the roadster because that's certainly what he's talking about here so everyday astronaut who is a probably the world's biggest spacex super fan obviously a tesla fan as well he tweeted Elon saying, Serious question. I know you're planning on COPVs and such in the backseat area and some cold gas thrusters. That's the SpaceX package. But why have thrusters on the bottom? Do you want to decrease downforce? Unless simply to fly with a thinking emoji? Elon replied to this with, a, with a, uh, an emoji of his own that was winking and smiling. That set everybody off (laughs) into speculation land. And Marquez Brownlee jumped into the conversation. Uh, Of course, prominent YouTuber, tech YouTuber, who has interviewed Elon before. Marquez says, the thing is, I feel like you're not joking. And Elon replied to Marquez saying, I'm not. We'll use SpaceX cold gas thruster system with ultra high pressure air in a composite overwrapped pressure vessel that's COPV by the way that's uh, that from from earlier uh, and I lost my place will use SpaceX cold gas thruster system with ultra high pressure air in composite overwrapped pressure vessel in place of the two rear seats so okay we've heard him explain that before he's even mentioned the flying thing that that, that, that this whole that's this whole Twitter conversation is predicated upon. He's mentioned that in a very teasery way, but I guess what I, I don't know what this is going to mean in the real world. Is it going to be a hovering roadster that, that hovers, I don't know, a foot off the ground, like as if it were in back to the future part two, just as a party trick. Like it just won't go anywhere, but it'll just hover in one spot. Uh, And then maybe when you get out on the track, it will actually, the rockets will assist in your acceleration, your cornering, maybe even your braking as well. So this isn't done. Let's hear some more. Marquez replying back saying, sheesh, I kind of love this. I assume this makes a little extra weight, but I didn't need back seats anyway, and this is going to be unreal to drive in wide open areas. And Elon adding, Plus, you can basically accelerate at the limit of human endurance. To which Marquez replied, do all the Founders Editions have this? Ah, Marquez, speaking, <laughs> speaking my language on this. The burning question, will the Founders Edition Roadsters have the SpaceX package built into them? And Elon answering that question saying, it's an option. So no, it will not be built into it it will be an option from the get-go on the Founders Editions. Another Twitter user asking, how will this be street legal? And Elon saying, I don't think the law fully anticipated this situation, so it probably will be for a while. So uh, that's that's a very direct and honest and kind of hilarious answer that perhaps regulators will... will <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch wind of this after the car actually becomes real and outlaw it. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's a dangerous thing to play with. I mean, you're talking about an absurd amount of power and speed here. But I don't know. I don't I don't quite. That's the thing. It's it's so out there and so nuts. I don't quite know what to make of this. There was a little bit more. Another Twitter user asking Elon, uh, "Will the quarter mile be done in less than eight seconds?" With the SpaceX package and Elon's saying no problem, vertically or horizontally. So okay, there he's joking on on the. It, it obviously the car will not fly a quarter mile into the air in uh, at all, let alone in less than eight seconds. But uh, I, on on the ground horizontally, yes, I do believe that in a in a safe, uh, private track. You know, not on public roads. Area that that SpaceX package could uh, could get you a quarter mile in under eight seconds. My goodness. So all that is to say, more speculation begins. What on earth will the SpaceX package cost as an option on the Roadster? So uh, you're welcome to send me your guesses. I'm I am setting the over under at fifty thousand dollars. We were talking about aerospace grade rockets tiny ones but nevertheless uh, with a whole cold air cold gas thruster system I mean this is this is uh, as absurd as it gets so I've got a f- I can't imagine this is less than fifty thousand dollars quite possibly much more but uh, yeah I, I think I think that's a good spot for the over under I don't know if you want to if you think You're taking the over, you're taking the under, but, you know, it, it is the absolute last thing that anyone ever needs, but, you know, hey, I'll tell you this, as someone who owned a real DeLorean that could never hover in real life, only in the movies, I want this. (laughs) I mean, who wouldn't? I, you know, it's insane that that's even a, you know, this is even a real thing that could possibly happen, but, wow. So, uh, I, this, this was the thing that made me the the happiest of all the, the interesting Tesla news this week, because as I said at the top of this segment, Elon hadn't talked about the Roadster in quite a while. Things had gone rather quiet on the Roadster, so it was nice to hear him talk up the SpaceX package a bit. Next up this week, uh, the last, actually the last big story of the week is this. Tesla has released autopilot accident data for Q4. They say in the fourth quarter we registered one accident for every 2.91 million miles driven in which drivers had autopilot engaged. For those driving without autopilot, we registered one accident for every 1.58 million miles driven. By comparison, the NHTSA's most recent data shows in the United States shows that in the United States there's an automobile crash every 436,000 miles. Well, that in and of itself makes tesla's safety numbers look very good but uh what i think is more interesting here is comparing it to the q3 numbers which were this one in every 3.34 million miles driven with autopilot on is is an accident and one in every 1.92 million with it off so those are slightly uh slightly worse numbers in q4 than in q3 what do i attribute that to well You've got holiday travel in there, so more usage going on, more cars on the road, more cars that might hit you. Plus, you've got a figure two from Q3 to Q4, the weather turns from summer into fall slash winter, which makes for lousier road conditions, which makes things a bit more dangerous. So that's where I presume the quarter over quarter difference comes from and as such i think it's it's really going to be interesting now that tesla is is releasing these figures on a quarterly basis to track these year over year rather than quarter to quarter so that that way we'll be able to get you know next year actually r- rather later this year we'll be able to get apples to apples comparisons you know q3 2018 to q3 2019 q4 to q4 etc uh One other thing, so Elon tweeted this out, and I uh, mean it, meaning the uh, the autopilot thing, and I happened to catch right when he did. So I took the opportunity to try and sneak in a question on a related subject. So I asked him if he had any update on Summon Plus, which as you recall, Elon mentioned uh, not too long ago as coming in about six weeks, but more importantly, This was going to be the uh, next level of summon that allowed you to have your car follow you around a parking lot like a car dog, a dog car. Car dog, dog car, whichever way you want to go on that. (laughs) Well, this time Elon was kind enough to reply to me and he said that it's going through final validation and regulatory approval. It will probably release to the early access program owners in a few weeks and he noted with an exclamation point it's trippy so i can't wait to see this when he says early access people in a few weeks here we stand in uh you know just about the middle of january so maybe we'll catch maybe we'll get our hands on this by uh eh, end of february if i had to i don't even want to say conservatively guess but if i if i had to elon time guess it That would be be what I I would put my money down on. So Summon Plus is moving along. They have to get some regulatory approval, which, you know, what that tells me is hopefully that means the feature is really cool. If they have to get governments to sign off on it, hopefully that means it's super awesome. Can't wait to try that out. That should be fun. That's it for the Tesla news this week. The big stuff, the stuff I uh, want to utilize here you know your time is valuable those are the big stories of the week hang with me though i'm coming back i've got 10 as usual 10 ride the lightning hotline calls queued up and ready to go covering all kinds of different topics that you guys called in about we'll take care of that right after this well podcasts obviously aren't live so i can't have live callers but here in the ride the lightning hotline i do the best i can by playing your recorded messages presented as phone calls just it's theater of the mind it's it's like it's radio right <laughs> so bear with me but now i love this part of the show you guys know that your questions your comments your discussion topics this is the time where uh, where we talk about them and we all learn a lot from each other that's what i love about this segment So if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I encourage you, I welcome you to call in. There are two easy ways to do that. In either case, please try to keep your call to a minute, minute and a half tops. That would be super appreciated. And so uh, the first method is you can use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and then uh, email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. And the second method which you can participate here, uh, is by calling the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's a toll-free number. You just leave a message anytime, day or night. The number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of friends... Uh, Nope, that's not how that goes. A unique gift... (laughs) of recorded voices. You'd think I'd have this memorized by now uh, from friends and family telling them why they're special. You can podcast those recordings like I do or put them onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you'd like to learn more. By the way, a quick reminder as well, January's Patreon-exclusive bonus episode arrived last week. Uh, If you are supporting me at at that tier or higher, you get access to that extra bonus episode every month, which is where all the extra... Uh, ride the lightning hotline calls that i can't get to on the weekly show that's where they go and we talk through those and have a good time so the topics on that episode for january include battery technology demonstrating your tesla to people who've never been in a tesla before buying enhanced autopilot after delivery supercharging issues spotify in teslas versus slacker Tire pressure, autonomous charging, the Model 3 web browser, regenerative braking, uh, S versus 3, all kinds of stuff. And callers featured on that January Patreon exclusive bonus episode. We've got Ron from Nashville in there, Matt from WikiWatchie, Todd from Bedford, Stan from Montana, Nick from Boston, Joe from New York, Jay, Mike from Richmond, Bob from Austin, and Sebastian from the UK. So, if you happen to support me at the at that level on Patreon, do go take a listen to the that episode at your convenience. For now, though, let's start with uh, with the hottest subject of the week. A ton of people called in in response to Simon from Sheffield about a newborn lulling a newborn to sleep in a Tesla, in an electric vehicle, by you know not having that subtle rumble of that internal combustion engine to help lull that baby to sleep. Well, I got a number of calls. I'm just gonna play one of them and then I'll shout everybody else out. Uh, I had a little trouble. I listened to this with headphones several times. I don't know if I quite got the name right. Apologies if I didn't, but I believe it's Priyan uh, calls in from New Jersey replying to Simon from Sheffield about the newborn in a Tesla issue. So Priyan, you
4: are on the air. Hey Ryan, this is Priyan Therape. Uh, from Mont Laurel, New Jersey. Uh, I just want to start off with a happy new year and congratulations on winning the two roadsters. Um, I've uh, uh, been following your story for a long time. And uh, again, I get all my news online, but again, it's always great to hear your perspective on the news and your take on things. So I really appreciate everything you do for the community. And um, the reason I was calling was uh, uh, about the uh, comment from Simon from Sheffield um, about how his newborn would react in a model three. Uh, I don't have experience with a newborn, but we did do a recent road trip, uh, to Destin, Florida, which was about 2,600 miles round trip. And, uh, my kids who are three and five were actually amazing during the trip. Um, they were, they slept, uh, long hours. Uh, they even slept through supercharging sessions and, uh, it, it was actually a great trip. And, uh, uh we the car we never waited for the car it was always the car that was waiting for us throughout the trip granted we were fortunate that the place we stayed at had uh destination charging so that helped us uh, get a head start on the way back as well uh however uh the one thing i did notice that uh usually the reason why my kids wake up on an ice car is uh, i'm driving down and i'm hitting a sudden brake because somebody's uh, slowing down in front of me and i'm just uh, tailgating them and then breaking too late and that startles them and wakes them up with the model three, especially with autopilot. Um, I'm actually, it's way more conservative in driving than I am. And I let it do its thing since we were doing a road, long road trip. And that definitely helped uh, them stay uh, soothingly asleep much longer than they normally would. And uh, I got to the point where I was just <laughs> to those off. If I had finished listening to your podcast, I did get a chance to catch up on some of the old ones that I didn't listen to. But if I wasn't listening to anything, it was so soothing and, uh, uh, that even I was falling asleep. So, uh, Simon, don't worry. Your daughter or uh, son, I'm not sure, but your newborn is going to do just fine in your Model 3 on your long road trips. Don't worry about that. Again, uh, thanks for everything you do, Ryan, and uh, we'll uh, we'll touch base soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, thank you so
0: much. That is exactly the real world feedback that I was hoping to get for Simon and for a number of other. I'm sure plenty of people in the audience are either in this position now, or or are planning to be, or or will be in the in the you know in the coming years. So thank you so much for that call. And and by the way, uh, the same sentiment. Nobody, everybody said that exact sentiment. Nobody saying, oh yeah, no, the electric car was terrible for trying to lull lull the baby to sleep. So DJ in LA called in with with similar words. Sean from Denver called in. Brian from Northeast Pennsylvania. Tom from Chicago. Lawton from Chicago. Everybody saying that their Tesla does a great job of helping lull their newborn to sleep. So thanks to all of you who called in about that. I really, really appreciate it. Michael from Pleasanton calls in next. He's my road trip buddy, if you remember, on the way down from San Francisco to Phoenix. And he's uh, calling in on his way back about another good road trip item if you happen to be caravanning with another Tesla, one or more other Teslas. Michael, welcome to the show.
5: Hey, Ryan, Michael from Pleasanton here with? Benny. Hey, we're on our way back from our road trip to Phoenix with you, which I want to say was a blast dealing with you. And after listening to the podcast last week, I I realized there was one thing you didn't mention, which I think was pretty cool that we did, which was to have walkie-talkies. So if anybody is uh, doing a road trip, I highly recommend finding some walkie-talkies because we're missing our walkie-talkie buddy right now, Uh, talking about strategy and everything from, you know, hey, I'm going to pass this guy to when do we stop and get some food. Uh, That was pretty cool. So the other thing I want to mention is we stopped in uh, Palm Springs on the way back here and we talked to my cousin who has a Mod less and he said that they're going to be putting a new supercharger in downtown uh, Palm Springs starting with 11, but they have permits for up to 25 based on demand. So while well, you've got one in Indio and you've got one in Cabazon, there will soon be one in um, the last thing is, I just wanted to mention that uh, I did have a little trip up with my car. I backed over a curb and bent the uh, Scottsdale Supercenter, and the guys were great there. They, they passed me up. They made an appointment for me at the service center, my home service center in Dublin uh, for that, and for the light that uh, has the LED strip that you noticed was uh, uh, out, and um, so they were great, but I didn't get their names, but uh, awesome experience there so that's it i'll talk to
0: you later michael it is great to hear from you uh yes i i totally forgot to mention that you had kindly brought along a walkie-talkie for each of us on the drive which did indeed prove invaluable during that long trip so you know if you ever get the opportunity to do a tesla caravan uh, of a good distance like uh, like michael and i and his daughter Sonny did you know, take, take a walkie-talkie if you if you get a shot. It can be super useful for a number of situations. If you want to adjust speeds, you know, we were saying, all right, right, let's why don't we pump it up to 80 here? Or, oh, let's, you know, let's only do 70. So we were using it for that. It uh, can help with merges. So, you know, you, you get in a wolf pack of cars on those two-lane freeways, two-lane interstates where you're supposed to stay to the right and pass on the left, but, you know, nobody ever does. And then it just clogs everything up for everybody. So, you know, you can get one of you to let the other one in. That that we did that a couple times, that's super useful. Uh it's useful for <laughs> for warning of upcoming exits, just to make sure you're both on the same page, etc. In fact, that uh Michael's call reminded me about the time, the one time on the trip where our respective nav systems somehow managed to give us two different routes to the same destination. Uh, despite the fact that we were in the same place at the same time and uh one of us we we (laughs) the person in front which i think was michael ended up needing to exit pretty quickly because i was like no go here and the radios really help with that without that we would just not have been able to react in the moment like that so um michael i hope you made it home safely And yes, let's do it again next year. That was fun. It was great to to be able to stare at another Tesla (laughs) the entire time. Uh, Also, you know, this reminded me of one other quick thing that I didn't talk about on my return trip, which I made by myself, but, uh, well, me and Daisy. But I I tell you, I must have seen this, no joke, no exaggeration. I saw easily a dozen car carriers with, you know, loaded with Teslas, mostly Model 3s, a dozen Tesla loaded car carriers heading uh, first when I was on interstate 10 heading west towards Los Angeles, they were heading east. And then on the, when I got on uh, f- the five heading north to San Francisco, they were coming south. So just, just a, a heck of a steady stream of, of, uh, just f- shipments and shipments of new Teslas coming out of the factory you know, business doesn't stop just because the quarter ended and the tax credit got cut in half in the United States. Those cars kept right on pumping out of that factory. It was just cool to see. Like, the first one, I was like, oh, that's neat. And then by the end of the trip, I'd literally lost count of how many how many uh, trucks full of Teslas I saw going in the opposite direction. Our next call comes from Ken in Dallas. So there's this topic recently on the podcast about... Uh, about superchargers not billing people. Certain superchargers basically giving you a free supercharge. So here's an interesting call from Ken in Dallas.
2: Hey, Ryan, this is Ken in Dallas. I was calling in response to the question about certain superchargers that aren't billing the owners after they stop there. I'm not
0: sure if this applies to the superchargers in question, but here in Texas, um, some of the major superchargers on the interstates between the big cities are hosted by a local bakery chain. I was told that um, this company pays the supercharging fees as an incentive for people to stop there. Um, So I've gone on three road trips now, two to Houston and one to Austin, and never been charged for my supercharging. And the bakery also gives free specialty coffee or tea to anyone that shows their Tesla key um, at the counter. So thought I'd pass that on, maybe the same kind of setup is occurring in uh, other locations. Thanks. Thank you for your call, Ken. So as some of you may know, I am a reporter by day in the world of video games. So I decided to look into this to see once and for all it, what, what the deal actually was here because it would be pretty darn awesome if that was true. So it's the, the business that Ken was referring to. I, I touched base with Ken a, after he called in. It's Collins Street Bakery um and here's what here's what they had to say so they said tesla originally contacted us wanting to set up a supercharging station at our location in waco on i-35 near baylor university their offer was to pay for everything in order to get 10 parking spaces from us they paid for the construction the wiring and the ongoing electricity related to the uh chargers They felt that if they took spaces away from our customers available parking, they owed us that. They did the same when they requested to build on our I-45 bake shop parking lot in Corsicana, Texas. However, when they approached us recently regarding our bake shop near Tyler on I-20 more recently, they modified their proposal. Bearing all costs as they had in the previous two arrangements was becoming a burden on their efforts to become profitable as a company. They therefore proposed to pay for all construction and electrical wiring costs as in the past, but asked if we would carry a share of the burden of the cost to charge, arguing that the 30 minutes or so required to fully charge almost guaranteed us a Tesla customer would be shopping our store as they waited. This request was specific to our I-20 location only and was not made retroactive to our first two agreements. We felt their offer was a fair one and accepted. So to answer your question, it is Tesla that is determined to give away these free charges to their customer base. And since Tesla is such a great partner of sorts, and Tesla drivers are such nice people, we gladly pour up good hot coffee or ice cold tea as a freebie in honor of this mutually beneficial relationship. Pardon me. So that is just really super cool to see. uh, Just two businesses that are treating each other and treating their customers in the right way i wish that were the the rule rather than the it feels like the exception these days i'm sure it's really not but it's just great to see that so good stuff from collins street bakery good stuff from tesla so if you're on your way through texas uh and you happen to stop at one of the aforementioned charging stations uh, maybe go inside it looks like you know you get a free coffee or a tea maybe grab a pastry or something uh to show your appreciation for the the kindness and love being shown towards Tesla owners from the Collins Street Bakery folks. Nathan from Tucson is up next. Uh, he has a, a little quick tip, kind of a hack, not even a hack, just a, a little thing that you can do on your Model 3 to, uh, to help in certain charging situations. This will make sense right now.
2: Hey Ryan, this is Nathan from Tucson. When charging, sometimes I walk out to my Model 3 and the charge port won't open. Um, so I can either open the app or I can open a door and unlock and wake the car up and the charge port will open with a button on the charger. But I have found a fix that at least it's kind of a workaround. If you open or at least push on the left rear handle enough you don't even have to fully open the door just push on it enough you'll hear the car wake up and it'll it'll um, allow you to open the charge port door so hopefully that'll be something that somebody can use first time calling in uh thank you for the podcast as always just like everyone else uh keep it up you're doing a great job
0: Thank you, Nathan. I have also used the push the door handle in just enough to wake the car, but not enough to unlatch the door trick. But uh, I actually have used it for a different purpose. For me, I don't like that the charging cable won't unlock from the charge port when you press the, the button on the cable if the car is locked down. and it, Even when your phone, i.e. your key, is in your pocket, it still locks down. I get locking the cable, for sure. You know, you don't want some rando unplugging you somewhere. But if the car senses the key right there, it sure would be nice of it to release that charging cable when you press the button, even if the car is locked. So I would hope that maybe this could be addressed with some sort of over the air update. So Fingers crossed that it's, uh, it's it's managed to annoy a programmer or engineer on the software team in addition to annoying me, and thus will make it onto the software feature roadmap for the near future. Fellow Ryans, Unite, Ryan in Chicago, is up next. He wanted to add his own experience about a stuck supercharging cable while we're on that similar topic. Ryan, go ahead.
6: Hey Ryan, it's Ryan in Chicago. I wanted to call and offer some additional clarity on your problem unplugging and getting the red Tesla logo. Uh, It's actually happened to me a couple of times and it's been at the same local urban supercharger. Uh, So when this happened, I also got a few notifications on the screen uh, stating that charging was disabled, never used the charge port lever to insert the cable, a few weird things. Uh, And what i found is that actually, um, when you're unplugging at that local supercharger, you need to hold the button down and then unplug once the logo goes white. I have a habit at home of just pressing the button once, uh, the cable will unlock itself and then pull it out. Uh, But at that supercharger in particular, you need to hold it down. I I can't remember if I need to do that at other superchargers, if it's just a habit, or maybe it's just an error of this one supercharger in particular, it's the uh, the one by O'Hare. But uh, hopefully that the software update that you mentioned uh, will fix that in the future. Um, But the good news is that all my error messages, uh, once I have had this red logo, they've gone away on their own once I've plugged into the home for a few minutes, uh, and I haven't had any charging issues since. So uh, thanks so much. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, Can't wait to hear more from you.
0: Thank you, Ryan. We not only had the same name, but we had the same experience, and it was even at an urban supercharger for me as well. But uh, yeah, until that software fix comes to change that charging cable unlocking behavior, I agree with you, it would be a very good idea to try and get in the habit of holding that release button down so that you don't have to then reach into your trunk for that manual release cable. Thanks for the call, Robert from the Bay Area is up next. He's got a tip and a question. Robert, take it away.
7: Hello Ryan, this is Robert from the Bay Area. Just one helpful tip and then a question. Uh, first on the tip, I noticed uh, myself that it's very hard to get the Tesla software updates if you're not on Wi-Fi And I don't have Wi-Fi at one house uh, So uh, the tip is you can actually use the hotspot on your phone uh, The only issue is you have to leave your phone in the car for you know about an hour or hour and a half Maybe while you're inside visiting with someone or whatever Uh, And then typically the software update will come if there is one being pushed uh, or you know you're behind on your software updates. So just a tip there. And a question for you. I've got uh, one of my Teslas has a um, hardware one. And I've noticed that two things. One is uh, drive by navigation is not on there uh, and two, um, during rain and darkness, it doesn't seem to go on autopilot as much, uh, as my hardware to Tesla. So I was wondering if you thought that that's kind of the end of the autopilot enhancements for hardware. One, uh, is kind of where it is before drive-by navigation. And maybe there might be a few other little things, but that's pretty much it. Thanks a lot. Bye.
0: Thank you, Robert. Boy, that uh, Wi-Fi hotspot thing is a pretty good Tesla life hack. Thanks for sharing that. As to hardware one, I, th- I think I've given my take on this recently, but just in case I haven't, because quite frankly, <laughs> all, all the shows tend to blend together for me, because it's just, it's one after another. Like it, it never, like I work on it almost literally every day. Usually Saturday is about the only day I can, I ever get to take off entirely <laughs> from the podcast. Because calls are coming in, news is happening, and I try to work, you know, a little bit on it every day so that it doesn't just pile up into some, like, ridiculous, you know, eight-hour marathon the, <laughs> the night before I got to do it. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I do think that, yes, Hardware One is effectively done, if not all at least in the new features department. Navigate on Autopilot needs those additional cameras uh, which, is, which is definitely why Hardware One doesn't support that feature. So it's Hardware One is still a wonderful hardware suite, though, that does plenty of cool autopilot stuff. So if that's, if that's what you've got, you've still got a really awesome driver assistance tool there. Uh, let's see, Josh from Virginia is up next with a, a quick note about the tax credit bill that was on the table that I've mentioned a few times to, to extend the tax credit up through 2022. Josh, go ahead.
8: Hey Ryan, just calling about a um, couple, couple things. One this is Josh from uh, Virginia, by the way. Um, you mentioned that there was a, a bill to extend the, the, um, the tax credit. That bill is dead. Now they, they those bills die every every uh when the new Congress is signed in. So they would have someone would have to one of the Congress members would have to re uh re resubmit that bill for this Congress. Um and the second thing I, I had for you was the um the someone asked about an extension for the charger cable. Um you could make one too. You can buy the adapters uh at Home Depot and you just get a cord uh a, a wire that's rated for however many amps you're, you're looking to run through it, and you can you can connect those up yourself. Um, that's all I got. Thanks. Love your show.
0: Thank you, Josh. Bummer on the EV tax credit bill. I mean, I suppose no news was bad news on that anyway. But perhaps now with party control being split in the House and Senate, that maybe the House can get something not only proposed but also passed and then hopefully get enough senators on board to actually get it made into law. It'd be, uh, be interesting to see if we get any developments on the electric vehicle tax credit front in the, in the I guess, let's just call it this year. Tommy from Norway is up next and wants to talk about the Model 3's uh, viability uh, due to its suspension. I'll let him explain. Tommy, go ahead.
9: Hello, Ryan. This is Tommy from Norway calling... I am the bus driver with a Tesla Model S, a red one uh, That actually runs some of your shows over the speakers for the passengers to listen to That's fun uh, I have a question for you. Um, in Norway now, we have the Model 3 that's coming out now and it will be available in long range and performance only and I have a friend uh, who really wants one of this, but needs to choose between the long range or the performance version. And the question is, we see that the performance version is almost with its track mode like a race car racing around Laguna Seca and, and you know, it's really a, a performance version. So question is, how harsh is the suspension? Is is it possible to use this car as a daily driver with a you know with a family and and children and all this or is it too hard to drive? I know you live in San Francisco and you have I've driven there and I know you have some roads there that you know have bumps and and uh, and all this. So how do you experience the suspension of your Tesla Model 3 Performance for family use? Is it too tough or hard thank you
0: tommy thank you for the call and hey thank you for help spreading the ride the lightning love on the bus i appreciate that as to your question you know i i think it's fair to say that how a suspension feels is a fairly subjective thing but what i can tell you is that it rides very nicely to me and uh, don't take my word for it my wife has never complained about it, number two, <laughs> and number three, when I was in Arizona f- over this past New Year's holiday visiting a lot of family, I took a lot of those family members out in it who had never been in a Model 3 before, and my mother specifically commented on how smooth the ride was, so, you know, my, my, if, uh, if my mom, who, who uh, you know, would probably not volunteer that unless she thought it actually was fairly smooth. If uh, she's volunteering that, that's probably a good sign. So uh, your opinion may differ, but in my experience, the Performance Model 3 is a pretty family-friendly ride. Cheers to you, Tommy. Two more calls this week. Dave from Florida is up next responding to my uh, complaint about the clunking sounds from underneath the car on the road trip. And he's got, I know we we sort of got a little more detail on that last week from a caller, but here's Dave with even a bit more.
2: Hey, Ryan, it's Dave from Florida. And I have some interesting information about that thud noise or pop noise you heard from your car in the colder climate. Uh, well, I, I do believe it is the thermal expansion of the, the top of the battery pack, the sheet metal expanding and popping kind of like a cookie sheet in an, in an oven. Uh, What's interesting is this does not happen on the earlier Model 3s. This only happens on cars delivered after, say, mid-May of 2018 or so. And if you go in the back seat of your car and tap on the floor, just pound on the floor, you'll notice it has a very hollow ring, like there's just air in there. So I think both of these issues um, are due to the removal of the fiberglass mat uh, you remember the famous fluffer story that elon talked about in may uh, where they removed this because the robot was having so much trouble and they determined it didn't help with road noise but i think it did create these two un- uh, unintended consequences um these two other issues and the reason i'm so confident is i have two model threes one was delivered in february one was delivered in november the one in february has neither of these issues you pound on that back floor and it's nice and solid also my friend uh, dug up a patent from tesla showing that the purpose of that mat was was not just to reduce road noise but also to add more stability to the floor and create compression between the battery and the floor so i really do believe that this removal is causing these two issues. Uh, I have Tesla looking into this for me. They've opened a case with engineering. Hopefully they come out with a service bulletin and they can address this for us by adding back that fiberglass mat or some other solution to help resolve these two issues. Anyway, thank you. Love the show and keep up the great work.
0: That's very interesting, Dave. Thank you. I have now started hearing it more uh, at home, just around San Francisco, Despite, again, living in a very temperate place, though, I wonder if it's because it is, we are at our chilliest point of the year, so there probably is more of that thermal expansion going on now than at any other point in the year. Certainly over the, in compared to the last five months that I've owned the car when it's been mostly, you know, weather in the 60s. But uh, anyway, I'll be curious to hear what you learned from Tess on this. Please feel free to give me a call once again, or, you know, email me with with whatever Tesla tells you. I mean, I can live with it. It's, it's hardly the end of the world, but I'll be honest, I don't like it. I don't, it's not great. I would rather it not be there. Uh, if it could be addressed in, you know, some way, shape, or form, I would love it to be addressed. I I wonder if it's something that could be retrofitted to existing cars or if it would have to be a change in the manufacturing process that which would mean no retrofit so i guess we'll uh i'll wait and see what i hear from you via tesla on that one and taking us home this week is anthony from nearby brisbane california who i mentioned i ran into him at kettleman city but he's got another question uh, in in addition to him saying hello so anthony go ahead
10: Hi, Ryan. This is uh, Anthony from Brisbane.
0: Uh, Happy New Year. And um, First off, I wanted to say it's, it was an
10: awesome surprise bumping into you at uh, the Kettleman City Supercharger. It's a really nice location, right? Um, at, as soon as I uh, pulled in, I noticed Daisy the Boxer right there and um, then glanced at the red Model 3 we parked next to, and I knew immediately from the license plate that I was in the presence of the spirit of adventure. So, uh, it's very cool. The, the car looks great, by the way. Um, so... Today I was calling in. I I had some questions about um, the um, enhanced autopilot versus full self-driving. So I'm I'm interested in where people think Tesla will draw the line between enhanced autopilot and full self-driving, between those two packages, in terms of features and capabilities. Um, In in recent tweets, I know uh, Elon Musk has talked about upcoming features like um traffic light and stop sign recognition, um roundabouts, going from home to parking at work with no driver input and the ability to control your car like an RC car um from the app and all of that seemingly in the context of enhanced autopilot. And that sounds like a lot of really awesome features and you know believe me, I will happily take them if they are offered. Uh, but I'm wondering, you know, what exactly that's going to leave for the full self driving package. Um, you know, and, and do people imagine it might be the kind of thing where EAP remains ostensibly for highway use and only full self driving gets you that last mile on city streets, or you know, maybe is it uh, differentiation you know between um just that they have a you know similar core feature set but EAP you know requires someone to be actually in the driver's seat while full self driving you know, allows the car to operate regardless of the presence or absence of bus and seats, that kind of thing. Anyway, I've been thinking a lot about that kind of stuff recently. I realize this probably sets things up for, you know, wild baseless speculation of all sorts. But, um, anyway, um, you know, none of us I realize have, uh, you know, an inside track, but uh, yeah, I thought I'd throw it out there and see, you know, if anybody else has more information or, or thoughts about it. Take care. Um, as always love the podcast and um hope you're doing well
0: anthony it was great meeting you too although on this i have to say i actually i respectfully disagree with you and here's here's what i'm thinking i don't think that all of that stuff that you mentioned is part of enhanced autopilot some of it is for sure but i go back to when enhanced autopilot and full self-driving were first on the tesla design studio on the website now i don't have the exact copy handy because it's it's long gone off the website, but I distinctly recall that it basically split the two of them into two buckets. Enhanced autopilot is all the highway stuff. Full self driving is for all the around town city stuff, the, the off the freeway, off the highway driving, including reading traffic lights, stop signs, making turns at intersections, etc. So, in short, uh, forgive me if I already said this recently, but I th- I think enhanced autopilot is basically feature complete now, outside of that summon plus that uh, that does seem to me to be indicated as part of enhanced autopilot, which is only enhanced by uh, the fact that that when Elon re- replied to my tweet about that, he said, hey, it's in final validation now, you know, so it it that is going to go out to eap stuff and not and you know he didn't say anything about full self-driving on that so um i'm to happy to be wrong on that <laughs> if, if that's uh, how it ends up playing out but that's where i think the line is being drawn on that thanks anthony thanks everybody who called in this week again i encourage you i invite you to call in uh questions comments discussion topics what have you here in the world of Tesla, give me a call. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder and record something and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or call in and leave a message anytime, day or night on the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's a toll-free number and it's 1-888-989-8752. Be right back uh, with a few final thoughts and then I'll wrap things up right after this. All righty. All I can really tell you about the spirit of adventure this week, besides the excellent mobile service experience that I had today, uh, is to tell you about the windshield situation. Now, I don't know if this is a a universal Tesla policy across the board or if it's just a Bay Area thing, but uh, I am told not only by Tesla service uh, when I called in, but also by uh, my, my boss's boss, Pear Schneider. He's got a Model S. So around here, the Bay Area, just car break-ins are... It's an almost literal epidemic because, long story short, there's effectively minimal risk for someone to shatter the glass on your car and take anything that's in there. So with Tesla specifically... People uh, ne'er do wells have been breaking the rear, or, you know, the the back uh, quarter piece of glass, the one that's next to the 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 passenger doors. Uh, that that because on a Tesla, the seat back release to lower the back seats down and thus see into the trunk are right there. Which I would love to see Tesla change that design in production immediately because that is an invitation for someone to get in there. Uh, I will say on my old Infinity, the, the seat back release was actually in the trunk. You had to do it through the trunk to put those seats back. And kind of looking at it now with this whole car break-in epidemic, that's a safer way to go because there's just no other way. You know, they'd have to, they'd have to break into the trunk to, <laughs> to get to the trunk Anyway, uh, so Pear's quarter window got broken and they told him, Tesla service told him, Hey, we don't do uh, glass anymore because, uh, you know, there was a whole thing about uh, sort of a safety issue and shards of glass around. And, and I get that. And I think probably also in part, it might just be a volume thing that there's just so much of it here that Tesla couldn't keep up themselves. So they're just sending you to glass specialists. Well, when I tried to get my windshield replaced, I was told the same exact thing. We don't do it. Safety, even windshields. You got to go to a glass place. So uh, anyway, my insurance company was super cool about it. They had me on three-way calls first with uh, with the insurance claim people, and then with the the actual glass the the glass folks. So. Uh, the only downside is the guy from the glass place says, oh, well, with Tesla, it's a, it's a special order. It's going to take a couple weeks to get the windshield, then we'll call you and get it set up. So thankfully, I mean, it's not a super urgent thing for me, but I do wonder if that glass policy is just a Bay Area thing due to our uh, rampant broken glass epidemic or if it is a Tesla policy everywhere. But in any case uh my tire rotation's done yay check that off the list it was easy peasy and then now the windshield will uh will set me back 500 on my deductible but oh well you know there's nothing i can do about it i can't this is not a fixable uh chip that's not a it's it's a (laughs) it's a big bad chunk out of the glass that's that's now got cracks you know a couple little cracks in it that will spread in time so what can you do again better the glass than the paint the pro tip of the week this week comes from cody who's got a 2013 classic pre-autopilot model s i will throw to him for the tip of the week cody go ahead
10: hi ryan cody here 2013 model s no autopilot and loving it just wanted to give a tip to maybe you and others for long-distance road trips and supercharging i found on the couple of trips that i've taken that if I input the supercharger as my destination, that will not only give me kind of an ETA, but it will also let me juice up should where I'm going not have a very accessible charge or plug-in. So if I was going for my house to say Dallas, I would choose the Arlington supercharger, and then I know what time I'd get into town, and then I would make everything work so that I can drive around town when I get there and have a full tank so to speak of the podcast Love learning and listening from everyone who calls in and from what you can share with our community. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, Cody. Your point about arriving with a full charge is duly noted, but of course you don't always need to do that. You know, in many cases on a trip, it's no problem to arrive while running on fumes or I guess sparks <laughs> would be the more appropriate term because you're just going to settle in and do a destination charge anyway. Like, when I get to my parents' house in Arizona, I had less than half of the battery and if I had been smart and <laughs> realized and actually gotten the the NEMA 1030 outlet that I was uh, adapter plug that I should have that I was supposed to get if I'd been uh, smart about it, then I could have just I would have plugged right into that dryer and when I woke up I would have had a full battery. Of course as you know from the last couple weeks of shows, it didn't quite work out that form, work out that way for me. But I got through it, and now I'm all set for uh, for future situations like that. But thank you for the call, and thank you for the tip. If you wanna, if you've got a cool pro tip of some kind, whether it's something with the UI or just some some little shortcut or or neat undocumented thing you've learned about the car, I'd love to hear from it. Hear from you about it, so that I can pass it along to the audience. You know, this is actually a, probably a perfect opportunity. Uh, here at the end of the show, to note uh, that I owe you an apology. I owe everyone an apology if I do not sound like myself, if I am uh, ramblier or stumblier or just generally less coherent. And basically, if this week's show stinks, I apologize. Uh, I I had a really bad night's sleep last night. I couldn't get to sleep till about 4 in the morning. I got two, maybe three hours of sleep. It was just one of those nights I had my just anxiety riddled night where I couldn't turn my brain off, could not get to sleep. Um, so it's been, it's been a little bit of a drag today. Um, you know, if I boy, I'd rather, really rather it not be on Thursday nights if this ever happens again because I got to do this podcast. I need my brain fully aware and alert and, and with sufficient levels of oxygen in order to get this thing done. So especially if you're a new listener, if this is your first show, you're probably thinking, man, I'm not sticking with this. This this guy's terrible. Uh, you know, if you, I would, I can't blame you if you bail out after one episode. But if you see it in your heart, maybe give me one more episode before you pull the plug on me. If you're a new listener, and um, if you're not, if you've been with me for a little while, you know I'm not. i um, I'm normally a little more put together than this. But anyway, my apologies. I'm not quite on top of my game today. Uh, all right, let me give you just some plugs real quick. So. Uh, We've got Abstract Ocean, of course, one of the the finest and most comprehensive resellers of fine aftermarket products for all the Teslas, as well as for you. They've got some, like, lanyards and other cool stuff that's for you rather than for the cars, but they've mostly got cool stuff for the cars, like the puddle lights that shine, you know, either the Tesla T logo, the S logo, 3 logo, X logo, down underneath your door it's a, like super easy installation so if you're interested in that they've got i'm seeing more and more model threes that are getting the uh the abstract ocean the t-e-s-l-a roadster style lettering that they're putting on the back of their model three which i think if you take the t logo off the trunk lid and put it up put on the T-E-S-L-A, I think it looks really good don't put both i mean well to each their own I, i'm not going to tell anybody it's not my place to tell anybody what what they should or shouldn't do but for me, I think it looks best with one or the other and not both, but I'm seeing more and more of that around. Abstract Ocean has that, et cetera, et cetera. You can browse everything they have at abstractocean.com. And I say all this because Abstract Ocean has, as they have for the last, gosh, couple years now, been kind enough to offer listeners of this show a 15% discount off of your first order. So if you've never ordered with Abstract Ocean, you can go to abstractocean.com, shop around, load up your cart, and then get that 15% off by putting in the coupon code RTL Podcast at checkout. And that's RTL Podcast, all one word. Uh, what else? Immaculate Reflections. My friend Jeff took great care of my car. If you are taking delivery, or just, you know, whether you just want to get your car uh, detailed or protected or both, all kinds of services, you know, whatever works for you and your budget, Jeff can accommodate, so look him up at irdetailing.com. You can also look him up on Yelp and Instagram at immaculate reflections on those respective URLs. Uh, the Patreon, that, as I've mentioned to you, is the primary way through which you can support this podcast and my efforts if you so choose, it it has always and will always be a voluntary thing. You can find more information at patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N. Patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And then a the couple of other little uh, product bits here. The folks at Luxendary.com, L U X E N D A R Y. If you go to Luxendary.com slash RTL, they've got a bunch of fun, Tesla and Elonverse inspired smartphone cases So if you'd like one of those you go over there like I said use the slash RTL Address on that and that will automatically bake in a 15% discount off of anything that you buy and Then there's the Jada wireless charging pad Which I sadly don't have any sort of discount code for you on but if you're buying one if you're just wanting to get one if you wouldn't mind using the, the URL I'm about to give you because they are offering me a little bit of an, uh, uh, an affiliate thing on that where basically if you use this URL, they'll give me a couple bucks in the deal. So that URL is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. And my referral code, I guess, I shouldn't forget. People are still ordering Teslas, so... You know, I've, uh, I've been very, very just humbled and, and uh, flattered and honored to reach the mountaintop as far as the referrals go. So I encourage you to find someone in your life, find a friend, a family member, use their referral code, get them some prizes and get that six months of free unlimited supercharging for yourself. But if I happen to be the only Tesla person in your life right now, you are very much welcome to use my referral code. It's Ryan73014. So if you're ordering online, go to ts.la slash Ryan73014. That'll take you to the Tesla design studio where you design whichever Tesla you want, order it, and it'll have the code baked in. If you're a European order, the instructions for how to, you just place your order and then, uh, I gave instructions early in episode 175 about, uh, there's an email and a pr- process you have to follow to get, uh, a referral code applied to your order. If, if you're ordering from Europe, finally, the Patreon producers, the super kind folks that support me at the producer level each and every month, that means they get their name shouted out at the end of every episode. I want to start with our newest Patreon producer, Josh. Thank you so much for your support, Josh. Also, Tyler Van Gorder, Blake Wiley, Daniel Grummer, Michael Waddle, uh, Stig Mickey Jensen, Luxendary.com, Dory and Steve Guberman, Joel Sapp, Lyle Austin, Bill Royko, Rick Sinta, Brian Hope, Jerry and Mary Smith, Gabriel Salais, Luke Miles, David Nondahl, Eric Randolph, Luke A., Ulrich Lassa, David Vakiel, Rome Strack, Harold Plug, Peter Chalet, Lars Hoffman, Lee Sweet, marcus Mayenshine, tim hyde emotion rentals jason chalukas oh hi daisy as she shakes off uh, robert miracle michael lester matthew para logan willis alexi heft jonathan wales david brander george cassiopo wolfgang obergen pete white dj harbaugh and paul hussey thank you all so so much for your ongoing support You can all subscribe to this podcast, which is not a money thing at all. It's free. That's just meaning subscribe on whatever podcast platform you like so that the show downloads to you automatically every time a new episode drops rather than you having to go find it and download it yourself. You can subscribe on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. Remember, TuneIn, that's where you get it in your Tesla. Spotify, uh youtube as well by the way if you again just just search ride the lightning tesla podcast on google and you will find my channel and then there's the hosting site if you want to pick up the rss feed or individual show downloads at tesla-podcast.libsyn.com <sighs> that's it that's everything another busy show another fun week of tesla news 2019's off to a fast start for Tesla, which is good for me because that means I've got no shortage of fun stuff to talk about on every single episode. I love it. I thank you all so much for your time, your attention, your support in whatever way you give it. Uh it all means a lot to me. This is this podcast is a blast to do. I love this community. Uh and I just I am having a great time. 2019's hopefully going to be a great great Tesla year. Thanks again, everybody. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week.
3: I mean, I think a Tesla... It's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment, mm. make its maximum fun.